and welcome to Everyone's Special and No One Is, a podcast about obscure, misunderstood, and or controversial topics related to music. Right off the top, I just wanted to remind you that my new single, I Thought I Knew What I Wanted, which I talked about writing through the entire process on this very podcast, the single is out as of today, May 7th. Please go stream it on Spotify or Apple Music. It would really mean a lot to me for you to listen to it over there. Even if you've already heard about it on this podcast, the numbers do add up. Um, and as you may also know, the podcast is off for the month of May, so I am not releasing any new episodes. But I am releasing deleted scenes from previous episodes. Basically, for a long time with this podcast, especially in the first six months of me doing it, I was really, really particular about trying to edit all of the episodes down to a bite-sized length, such as 35 minutes, 45 minutes. Generally, I didn't want to go above 50 minutes, but maybe once or twice I did push the envelope on that in the first six months. But I ended up cutting out a lot of content, especially if I had a guest over. I would typically talk to them for well over an hour and then edit it down to like a 30 to 40 minute episode. So as a result, there were a lot of actually interesting things that were discussed that I just took out. And in the retrospect, I think I would have chosen to leave a lot more of those in the final edit of the podcast, because while they weren't necessarily critical to the topic that we were discussing at the time, they're still interesting. And podcast is about getting a little window into someone else's life, not necessarily, oh, it has to fit within a certain produced time frame. So throughout this month, while I'm not, again, releasing new episodes, I am re-releasing clips of old episodes that you have not heard before. The first of which this week is from my conversation with my friend Will Gilmore. He goes by the name Disc2 on Spotify and Instagram. And there was a whole section of the conversation that did not make it into the podcast. I will start out this clip with a part that was in the podcast, and then there will be a little bit of that at the end. But the vast majority of this clip, which I'm going to play, you have not heard before. It starts out, just for context, we're talking about Will and his new release at the time. This episode came out last May, almost a year ago at this point. Um, so that's where it starts off. And then I begin to interview him with very interesting hypothetical questions. Um, and we do a little bit of a role play. So look forward to that. Um, yeah. Looking up disc two stream now. Um, <laughs> yeah, just like the frustration of the summer of 2020, not really uh -huh. feeling yeah. like a legitimate summer. And just mm -hmm. like, even I love that concept, even like, uh, flawed and ultimately like a failed relationship. Yeah. Even would that, be that's more better than nothing. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Which, you know, it's crazy. And like this, this past year has just felt like, um, man, I don't know. It's like, I, I see, uh, I see like the little Ableton track recording and normal life is like, you know, sound coming in. And then it's like, you've plugged out, 
or you unplug the XLR for the last year. Yeah. Just nothing's coming through. Just a static for the last mm-hmm. 15 months. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. But I, I don't know. I, and also, um, the, the title comes from, um, like the main pastime I had, which was looking up at the sky and the clouds. Um, but I, I feel like this, this, uh, the spring is going to stick with me for the rest of my life because, well, my hopes are high. Um, so I hope we don't have to go into lockdown again, um, for whatever reason. But, uh, this spring really, I've never felt like the, the earth was so in sync with society than it, than it is right now. Like with the flowers coming out, it feels like society is blooming as well. Yeah. No, I totally get that. And it just it feels so great that it's warming up and getting mm-hmm. to go on long bike rides and just definitely enjoying enjoying the outdoors. Um Yeah. Awesome. Um Here's a fun question. Mm-hmm. Hit me with it. You've just been signed up to go on a mission program to Africa. Okay. I don't know what kind of a mission it is, but you have to go to Africa for six months. Okay. And because of the requirements of what you can fit on the plane uh-huh. and what you can play in your small, you're going to live in like like a cubby. Like, like basically you're going to be sleeping and living in a closet sized okay. room. Mm-hmm. And you can only have two instruments. Mm. What two instruments would you choose to bring to Africa for six months? Mm. I would definitely bring my acoustic guitar for sure. Um, because that oh, the acoustic guitar is such a wonderful instrument. Um, I feel like it crosses the line between harmony and rhythm so nicely. Um, and it, it can also be such a wonderful hand percussion instrument. Um, and you don't need anything to, to play it in addition. Like you don't need an amp or anything. Um, so I'd bring my acoustic guitar and I think, uh, well, do I have my computer already? That could fit. Yeah. Your computer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I bring the acoustic guitar and also I have a, a great story behind my acoustic guitar. Uh, which I'll tell you very briefly. Um, my grandmother gave it to me when I was in first grade. Um, and so it's like three quarters sized. Um, and it's like got like the classical nylon strings on it. Um, which I don't know. I, it, it's interesting because I also got an electric guitar um, around the same, same time, like a year or two plus or minus. <laughs> um, and I didn't touch them until i was it was probably like senior year of high school or junior year um and i started like trying to screw around on them again which is interesting so i've had this guitar for a really long time um but my relationship with it has changed dramatically um came in this little purple case i can still see the day i got it oh i remember looking uh through a little crack in the the wrapping paper like wondering what it was gonna be, yeah. <laughs> and one of my one of my family friends was there too, 
I forget if it was for my birthday or Christmas or whatever. Um, but he knew what it was. And he was like, oh, I think you're really going to like this. Aww. And I was like, oh, what could it be? That's so I sweet. I ended up being this guitar. Anyways, uh, so my acoustic guitar I would bring as well. I think it would have to be... Ooh. I don't know. Can't fit the organ down there. No, you <laughs> can't fit the organ in the <laughs> cubby. Yeah. Um, don't get me started on the organ, Martin. Uh, Would you bring the organ if space is not an issue? Would that be your second instrument? I, th- I think it might be. I think so. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, because I it would either be that or like some other percussive instrument, like my cajon. Yeah. Or a kabasa. Ooh. Or a kabasa. But I feel like if I was in Africa, I could probably find some pretty sweet drums. As you well. could, yeah. <laughs> um, I, man, I want to go live in like Brazil or Africa, like Ghana, for a yeah. while and learn about the rhythm there. It'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially in a post-COVID world where we don't have to worry about <laughs> yeah, long plane sure. rides. and For sure. <sighs> yeah, I love that. Um, It's a great question. What would you bring? Gosh, um, he's got to turn the questions around yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah. um, I would bring my saxophone for sure. Okay. Uh, assuming that there wouldn't Ooh. be an issue with the noise, you know, being oh, yeah. the saxophone being a very loud instrument. Yeah, the cubbies are soundproof, um, I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those those <laughs> cubbies in, in Ghana. Um, yeah, so I would bring my saxophone for sure. And uh, I don't know. I would probably if space isn't an issue i would like to bring some sort of keyboard based instrument whether yeah. that's literally a keyboard or mm-hmm. um probably can't fit a piano on the plane huh <laughs> well if space wasn't an issue i'd allow it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that, that's what i would bring um okay. i do i do play a bass but i'm not very serious about mm-hmm. that but but you play like 15 instruments. It's insane. <laughs> oh yeah. Thank you. That, um, I guess that is a is a good a good piece to add. There <laughs> and there is a plethora of instruments to choose from. Yes. But those that's what I would choose. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um Yeah, so I want to do a little role play if you're mm, down. I'm down. So, I think the whole idea of just bringing this all back to identity and this will be kind of the thing that we close on um identity comes up a lot in like interviews like interviewing Mm -hmm. for a job you know because when you're doing a job interview you have to convince a company that Mm -hmm. your skills and your personality are worth them investing you know potentially like Mm-hmm. $30,000 a year or $80,000 a year, you know, oh, whatever, whatever the I level about it like that, you know, like that is a <laughs> yeah. huge investment for mm-hmm. a business to make. You know, it's like they, yeah. people will in an office will squabble over like, Oh, what kind of printer should we get? Oh, well this printer is really great and it can print really, really fast, double sided and it can even staple stuff. It's together without needing to manually mm-hmm. staple things, <laughs> but it costs $10,000. It's like, that's a crazy expense for a printer, but imagine yeah. the conversations that have to go on to hire a human. <laughs> oh, facts. Humans are so expensive, yeah. you know? So it's just like, <laughs> it's a really that's big, yeah, <laughs> it's a really big 
conversation uh, just to have a job interview. And I think some of the questions that come up in job interviews are very much related to identity. So I'm going to be interviewing you for a job. I'm not going to specify what type of job it is because I'm just going to be asking like (laughs) general job questions. Definitely. But you're going to sell yourself to me. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. (laughs) I I would... I don't know. I don't want to set myself up for failure, but I feel like I'm a very good interviewer. E, good interviewee. That's so, a great strength to have. Um, yeah, I'm ready. Bring it on. Awesome. Hello, uh, Will Gilmore. How would you? How are you doing today? Oh, hello, Mr. Bossman. I'm doing delightfully. <laughs> My name is Mr. Boss. Okay, serious face. Uh, my name is Mr. Bossman, and thank you for coming today. I appreciate you showing up uh, bright and early. Um, my pleasure. It's 15 uh, minutes early, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we appreciate that in a potential candidate. So what I would like to just start off with is if you could tell me mm-hmm. a little bit about yourself in two minutes or less. Okay. So my name is Will, and I don't know. You know, I live my life on two big rules. This is what you need to know about me, Mr. Bossman. The first one is taking a step forward every day, getting the printer to print faster, making the water cooler cooler, getting the whole company donuts. One step forward every day. That's what I'm saying, Martin, Mr. Bossman. <coughs> <laughs> Um, and the second one is that uh, wherever I meet you is the right place that we were supposed to meet. So where you're at is okay, Martin, Mr. Bossman. I understand it's tough running this big million-dollar corporation. <laughs> but, you know, you know making, making things efficient is another big, big way I live my life, Mr. Bossman. um and i do i spend all my time doing what your company does (laughs) so i i actually have have a way to improve your profit margins by 15 percent or more by the end of the fourth quarter (laughs) this is insane so yeah i think um i think i would be a great fit for your company (laughs) <laughs> that, that's that's two minutes about me <laughs> yeah i don't know i think i'd probably say i would gear things towards whatever job i was applying for that's a good point i kind of maybe i should have specified that up front <laughs> um what is I like long walks on the beach <laughs> like riding my bike with no handlebars yeah you do Clapping while clapping. you're riding it with no handle. Oh bars. yeah. Once in the front, once in the back, once in the front again. Yeah. <laughs> um oh, goes. so Mr. Gilmore, what is yes, your Mr. proudest <laughs> if you ever start referring to me as Mr. Bossman outside of this podcast? <laughs> oh Mr. Bossman. So Mr. So Mr. Gilmore, <laughs> what is your proudest accomplishment? Ooh. My proudest accomplishment, man, hard to say because there's so many. <laughs> um, I would say one of my biggest accomplishments um, 
of my whole life has been getting my uh, hemoglobin A1C under seven, mm. which uh, is a method of basically it tells you what your average blood sugar is. And I'm not a doctor, but having this under seven is a huge goal for diabetic people. Um, and it takes a lot of uh, focus, um, perseverance, and just it feels like every every moment of the past six months uh, adds up to this one number. <laughs> and so going to the doctor, I would always be super worried. I'd be like, oh, man, I feel like my I haven't been managing my blood sugar very well. Um, uh, but you'll get there. Uh, and they prick your finger. And they take a little bit of blood. And then they take it to another room. And then they come back with a piece of paper that says the number on it. And um, having it under seven has been a huge goal pretty much since I've been diabetic, which has been 21 years now. And uh, it came back 6.4 one time, which is huge. Like a point point one is a big difference. Uh, so I'd say that's been my biggest goal or my biggest accomplishment. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And that, that happened um, last year. Wow. Yeah. Congrats. So just from the naive outsider, uh, so that, that number is just like a measurement of your blood sugar levels and you want it to be low because yeah, so that's healthier. It's like... I don't really know what it is, to be honest with you. The way it's been explained to me is that it's a way of measuring your average blood sugar. So if it's lower, that means your blood sugar has been lower most of the time. If it's higher, it's been higher. Yeah, that makes sense. That's awesome. Yeah. And what are the kinds of things that you had to do in order to get there? Oh, well, (laughs) let me tell you. Um, The biggest challenge um, for me was um, giving myself insulin before i ate um and so the the issue uh with being diabetic right is that your body doesn't give you insulin anymore and you need insulin to get the the energy from your blood into your muscles is my understanding or into your cells um and so if you had a working pancreas um i don't know (laughs) i don't know exactly how it works but like there are like feedback chains in your body whatever so when when energy goes into your blood, it, it insulin gets automatically automatically released, so you can use the energy in your blood. Um, and so that happens in time perfectly. Um, but I don't have that. So if if I bolus after I eat, I'm already behind. So my blood sugar is going to go high. And, and the having, bolus is just giving yourself yeah, yeah, insulin. Giving yourself insulin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we got got a little diabetic. Uh, side <laughs> side show um and so if you bolus ahead of time it's almost as if you did it on like uh, almost as if your body did it um if you have an accurate carb count and that's another hard thing is uh keeping an accurate accurate track of how many carbohydrates you're eating but i would say that's been that was the biggest challenge for me um and also just like not eating insane foods <laughs> all the <laughs> sure. time, all the time. Yeah. Uh, specifically, pizza is very difficult for for uh, diabetes management because uh, there's so much fat. It takes so long to digest. Um, if you bolus normally, um, you your blood sugar goes down 
So you might go low. Um, and then later it's going to go high because it takes like two hours to digest. And the like peak of insulin is shorter than that. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Bossman. I mean, <laughs> Mr. Bossman. <laughs> you might have to uh, spend some extra for the uh, insurance on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If we take you on as an employee. Um, no, that's really awesome. I love it that you have done the effort and like mm-hmm. done what you needed to do to like reach that goal. And yeah. a lot of people would probably get complacent and be like, ah, oh, well, whatever. It doesn't matter, but it does matter because it's your health. And So that was the episode with Will. I hope you enjoyed that. Go back and listen to the original if you would like. It is episode number 20 in the series on music and identity featuring uh, Will Gilmore, a.k.a. Disc 2. Um, What do I see this week? I see the shadow of my winter jacket because I am currently standing in my closet of the house that I just moved into. Um, And why am I in the closet? Well, because I have not had the energy, the emotional energy to set up my actual real microphone. So I'm just recording on my iPhone. And my iPhone doesn't have good noise cancellation. And the new house is on a busy road. (sighs) So um, the combination of those things means that if I were to just record with my iPhone in the regular part of my bedroom, you'd be hearing a lot more road noise than if I was just in my closet. So that's why I'm here. That's why I'm doing this. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this little, little bonus episode. Be looking forward to what we have coming up next. And we will be back with full episodes in June. Yay. All right. Bye-bye. Until next time.